Summer is almost here. Don't you want to go to the beach with thicker, gorgeous, beautiful locks and everyone goes, hey, I love your hair. And you go, Nutrafol, baby. (laughs) You know, something along that lines. Well, take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering my listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. I recommend it. I've been taking Nutrafol for years. It's how I got my hair back thicker and not falling out in chunks after I had KJ. Now it's your turn. Nutrafol has been on with me for years, and that's because you all continue to buy, and it really works. I love it. Now it's your turn to love it too. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com with the promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com with the promo code TSFS. Via Hemp, let's talk about it. Via Hemp offers THC and non-TH craft cannabis experiences. Now, I love a non-THC option when it comes to your overall wellness. I'm talking sleep aid, maybe anxiety if you have that. Well, that's where Via comes into play. And did you know even a non-THC option if you're doing fertility or IVF can be helpful? Look into that. Well, Via is incredible. You got to be 21 plus. You can get 15% off with my exclusive code TSFS when you go to ViaHemp, V-I-I-A, hemp.com. They have all kinds of lifestyle products. And like I said, the best part is with the THC or without, so you don't have the buzzy buzzy. Don't you love my cannabis lingo? I mean, the buzzy buzzy. Anyway, I'm unique. What can I I say, look, order now. You're going to love Via Hemp. Use the code TSFS to receive 15% off and a one-time free sample of their award-winning gummies, 21 plus. That's viahemp.com and use the code TSFS at checkout. Support the show. Tell them I sent you and enhance your everyday life with Via Hemp. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Taylor, brand new guest to the Sarah Fraser show. She's a first timer. Um, today, you are going to find out all about her. I bet you probably already listened to one of her podcasts because she's got three. For crying out loud, Rose Pricks is the one that I knew because if you love to just rip on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, her show has become wildly popular. So you've probably seen that one trending. And then Bored A. F. On top of that, she's written some great books. And this is kind of really why we bonded because I was like, all right, any woman that writes it's you, not me, as the book title <laughs> is kind of my spirit animal. Kind of. Kind of love her. Um, she's written tons of books just about mommy life, also getting sober. I think you're going to really enjoy her journey of sobriety. She started drinking more than ever once she had her children. She has three kids. She lives out here in L.A. And it was the anxiety of trying to be a perfect mom. And she really was a pioneer. She started a blog back in 2004, like when her daughter, her oldest daughter was born. And it was kind of on like the precipice when people started blogging. And she would just write about how hard breastfeeding was and then drinking 
And it all sort of manifested from there. So I think you're going to love her journey of sobriety to top podcaster to a woman who's really a jack of all trades. Here's Stephanie Wilder Taylor. Podcast inspiration to me, comedy inspiration. I don't think I can really write, so I don't plan on being an author anytime soon. Um, Potentially my future sobriety coach. Like, I'm obsessed with you. (laughs) I am. I'm I'm taking new sponsees. So let me know when you're ready to quit. I like, I, oh my God. I, this is an intervention. Did you know that? I need one because I'll tell you, you know, it's crazy. Like, I I really, this is probably like how everybody starts in the program, right? But I'm like, I don't really drink that much. Like, I don't, but I recently went to, um, oh my God, what's the podcast taping with my girlfriend? Oh, they have, um, it's Hannah Burner's podcast. Oh my God, Giggly Squad. I went to their, their podcast thing with my girlfriend. And anyway, I mean, I I think I had like one vodka and a glass of wine and I was hungover for like two and a half days. And I I have an 11 month old son. I'm like, I can't fucking do this anymore. Like I can't even go out and have, I I guess, I don't know what you call it. What what do I need to do with the program when you actually only have two drinks? I'm not even drinking a bottle of wine. I have two and I'm wrecked. Well, I think, I think that's called not being an alcoholic. I think that's called getting older, having a baby, being sleep deprived. That's, that's a lot of stuff. It doesn't sound like a drinking problem. All right. Well, it was, I'm like, what can I do now? I mean, and weed makes me go crazy. I'm like, I can't even do anything anymore. I'm just going to live a sober life and that's it. I, you know, for some people, I think having a baby makes them drink a lot more because it's so stressful and they need to take the edge off. And like you said, you have no time. You can't go to the gym. Like you can't just do the things that you used to do. You can't really go out and party and let off steam. So some people end up drinking a lot more. And then some people go, oh my God, my body can't handle anything. And then they stop drinking. And um, I love that because you, you, how many you've, you've written five books. And, and first of all, you're my type of woman because any woman that writes a book, it's not me. It's you as the subject line. I'm like, that's, that's like, again, story of my life. I'm like, it's never me. It's you. Yes, exactly. It's fun. Right. Writing books is, was actually really fun. I, I got my first book deal by accident and it was because I needed an outlet. I had a kid. I was used to working. I I was a television writer actually before all of this. And, um, you know, I worked on like a lot of bad cable shows, but it was fun. And I worked with like adults, right? Yeah. As, as tends to happen in a writer's room, you get like grownups sitting around. And then I had a baby and I was like, oh my God, like I need to go to work. I need to be, I was just in at home in my living room with a baby. And so I started blogging is how that happened very sarcastically apparently not a ton of moms are that sarcastic okay well really because everything that you've ever published about being a mom i could relate to like you had your first child when you were 37 i think i had this crazy molar pregnancy miscarriage that was like then a hemorrhage and then turned into gestational cancer it was like oh my god okay i'm writing a comedy set about it because it was awful but ironically two sperm fertilized one egg so i was having the lowest moment of my life while people were high-fiving my husband you know i mean it was like hello i mean i just lost my child here and everyone's like oh wow you know like two shots like i mean this is like it was crazy but uh, so i know your journey like and i was i never wanted to be a mom I breastfed for three months after I had my son and I was like, where's the nanny? You know, I mean, I, everything that you have published about your mom journey, I could, I relate to so much, but, but did you find that a lot of women didn't connect with that? 
Well, first of all, congratulations on three months breastfeeding. That is like breastfeeding goals. I mean, I, I think I lasted three weeks and I cried about it. I felt so much pressure to breastfeed. Did you? I could not believe that anyone else was having a hard time with it. Just but the way people talked about it, like, oh my gosh, it's so natural and everybody's. But here's my problem was I didn't know any other moms. So oh. nobody was being honest with me. All I knew was like bare acquaintances that were like, isn't it the best thing that's ever happened to you? And I was like, no, <laughs> maybe up there with one of the worst things, you know? And then I felt like a terrible person for even saying that. So when I started blogging and connecting with other moms who were sarcastic and who were fun, I felt such release in that, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. I bet. I mean, you were a trailblazer because when did your blog start? It must've been 2000. Your daughter was born, what, 2004? Yes. Thank Yeah. 2004. And I started writing. I, I got the book deal in 04. The book came out in 06. Okay. That's so long ago. you are one of the first. And I, I think it is, it's due to great moms like you that I think have said to people, it's fine to not breastfeed. And it was awesome. When I gave birth, like the women, the nurses were like, you don't have to see the lactation specialist. Like it's fine. It's, you know, it's whatever you want to do. And of course, you know, my husband and I are like, had these grand dreams of like <laughs> breastfeeding our child. And it, anyway, it didn't work out. Nothing came out. It was just horrible. I was like, this is, it was brutal. So I, Horrible. I, I would, I, when I had twins years later, you know, even though the breastfeeding had been such a disaster with my first daughter, when I had the twins, I was like, I'm going to do this. They were, they were premature. They were in the NICU. I was like, I am going to make this work. I had, I rented a breast pump, you know, from the yes, hospital, Yes. had it in my living room. I would watch, I liked, <laughs> I call it preemie porn because I would download <laughs> pictures of premature babies so that I could try to get my milk to come down because it, I couldn't, I couldn't, nothing was happening. And I would go back to the hospital to visit the babies with like a NyQuil cup, you know, that Filled. was like half yeah. full. No, not even a full NyQuil cup, like a, like a little bit on the bottom of a NyQuil cup, like here, <laughs> here's for my babies. <laughs> I know. Here's some colostrum. I would do it for 45 minutes and it's true. You'd get like one fucking ounce. I'm like 45 minutes for one ounce. I mean, right. no, absolutely. I know. I'm so with you. I, you, you and many other fabulous women, I think have paved the way now because I, a lot of my other girlfriends had had kids. Some of them are religious breastfeeders, but I do feel like now nobody, at least from my experience, no one said to me, oh, you should really breastfeed. No one said it to my face anyway. Everyone was like, do what's best for you. So I feel like because of awesome women like yourself that have just talked about experiences, we're at that place, I think. Um, I hope. I don't know. Like I said, maybe just people wouldn't say it to my face. <laughs> Well, I think th I think things have changed. I think there has been a, a bit. It, things have gone back the other way because when my daughter was born, I feel like we were at the height of the. Oh, I had a lactation specialist in my hospital room. You know, an hour after I'd given birth, setting me up with all pillows and the football hold, and I I felt bullied. Yeah, I did. I felt like all these people are just like they're going to make me breastfeed or else. It was really liberating too. One of my listeners, she wrote to me and she's like, I'm a fifth grade um, teacher. And I can tell you, I've been teaching for like 10 years. I can't tell the breastfed kids from the formula. And that like seriously clicked with me so much. I was like, you know what? Yes. Unless my son is going to school and announcing that he was breastfed. I don't give a shit. Like I need credit, you know, like that's the name of it. 
<laughs> it's, it's so not funny. me, it's you, you know? <laughs> well, there, I did read these studies, you know, because this is how my brain works. I was like, I, I have to stop breastfeeding. But then I would read about the benefits of it. And one mm. of them said that if, you know, your kid is going to have a higher IQ. And then my husband got a little obsessed with that too. Not obsessed, but he was like, well, maybe we should like keep trying. And it is just so funny because my daughter is really smart. But like, do I, would I want her any smarter? Probably not. Like who needs a genius kid? Really? They're annoying. They Geniuses are annoying. are annoying. Yeah. A few science. You want your kid to be the smartest kid in the class? Everyone's going to hate them. No. Get them into the like middle of the pack. Yeah, exactly. It's like those kids in the national spelling bee. All right. You know, enough. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Really? Okay. That's your kid. People are going to be like, your kid shaming. All yeah. right. I'm obsessed with your career as well. First of all, I'm a new Angelino. I love, I love LA. And you've lived here since what, 18, 19? You moved here? Yes. I, you really, you've studied up on me. I moved here when I was about 18. Yeah. Maybe I just turned 19. So yeah, since the 80s. Okay. I want Stephanie Wilder Taylor's rundown of what I need to know about Los Angeles. Like what are the three things that I, and you know, I'm an aspiring national TV host. I mean, who, who the fuck knows if they'll put me on, but anyway, <laughs> when I'm here, I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to just keep going. I want to be a producer. And then, you know, I've had this fear, like people have told me forever, you need to be a stand-up comic, but I have, a, I've always co-hosted with people always. Cause I started in radio and I did improv. I have this weird fear of like, hosting anything by myself like so it is like my last thing I have to conquer and I just signed up for comedy class here I'm like I will fucking get on stage if it's the last thing I do by myself and make somebody laugh so I want your like three things like three guides to living the LA life well okay number one would be lower your damn expectations girl <laughs> LA is not some Mecca. It's like anywhere oh. else. It's just like, it's, it's, it's hard. Number two is it's who, you know, right? So you're going to have to go to like some restaurants. Okay. You're going to have to chit chat with some like celebrities. Okay. Mix it up. Oh, here's a good, here's a good, do you have a dog? No, I have a child. You need to get no a dog. dog. Really? Is the dog you, the you, key? Okay. You got to get a dog because like that, it, it opens up a lot of conversations you know, you could take your dog for walks, you could go to a fancy dog park, and it gives you an instant thing that you have to connect with other people. Done. Getting the dog. Right? I really hate animals, but I will get a dog. And then as far as stand-up goes, there's, there's tons of open mic nights. I know. I just got, right? I'm like too afraid to get up and stand up, but yes. <laughs> Have you ever done, have you done it though? I have. I've done it a couple times, but I really never, um, you, as you know, you've been a stand-up comic. There's Initially, I think there's more of an art to it. You know, with improv, there's some things that really, once you take an improv class or like when you do a morning radio show, there are some rules that really work, right? I'm not really familiar with those on the stand-up side. So I'm doing this class and then, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to do it and not put any expectation. I'm just going to do it for fun. Like just go see what you can do. And really, honestly, my thing is when I go to open mic nights, people are so funny. I'm like, I can't follow them, which I know is like counterintuitive. You're like, if you follow somebody that's funny, like you have this great lead in to the audience already being programmed to laugh. But I'm like, some people are so fucking funny. Like, what am I going to do if I do an open mic night? And then like Amy Schumer wants to do a sad thing. Like, I, can't, I can't 
can't go up after that. Like I have to, I have to be sick. Like I have to go to the bathroom and poop. I mean, you know, I have a funny story for you. So when I was first, first of all, same. Okay. A hundred percent the same. And I was the person who was constantly obsessing about who was before me and hoping the person would really bite it before I went on stage so that they'd be relieved to see at least not that person. Right. So they'd be like, well, at least you're not that guy. Um, and when I, the, and I was too scared to even do it, I was too intimidated. And the way I got my courage was I would wait tables. I was, I was like a cocktail waitress. I mean, I was young, but in my early twenties at a comedy club and I would watch the open mic night. And eventually I was like, oh my God, these people are so bad that it, that even if I was bad, at least I'll be doing it. Right. And I probably won't be as bad as some of these people. I mean, you know, they were crazy. Okay. So that's how I got myself to go on stage. But then I would feel the same as you. And one time, do you remember the comedian Bill Hicks? He died a long time ago. No. But, um, he's very famous, really edgy okay. comic. And it was this night I was working at the improv. It was a night called New Faces. It was your biggest nightmare because it was all new comics, except that Bill Hicks came in to do a set. <laughs> and the girl that had to follow him ended up crying and leaving the stage. What of two? I would have too. He got up, he destroyed for like 30 minutes and then they're like, okay, and now here's, you know, Jane Fields. And she was pooping herself. Yeah, and she went on stage and nobody was laughing and she was so nervous and she was just like, I can't do this. And then she went, left the stage and cried. And we all were like, we get it. We get it. I mean, honestly, it was her, not me. That will be my luck. Like, I will do a couple of open mic nights and start feeling myself. And then, like, I'll go do a set and fucking Chris Rock will decide to, like, do his first set since being slapped by Will Smith. I'll be like, no, (laughs) this is it. I yeah I mean that's okay that's all awesome advice about Los Angeles I really appreciate that I think that's a good that was was you that was seat of my pants you know you didn't send me those questions ahead of time that was on the fly Stephanie and look at you good hosting man just coming up with questions (laughs) to ask well I love I mean I I admire so much someone like yourself because I have done exactly what you did only on the East Coast. I mean, you are an innovator. You then got into podcasting. So you have three popular podcasts. A lot of people know you. I know you from Rose Pricks because I'd always seen that podcast trend in TV and film. Very popular show all about The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Yes. Uh, But that's not even your biggest show for crying out loud. And then you have Bored AF as your podcast. Yes. So I do. So, so I was originally doing for crying out loud. That was my main podcast. Then I started Rose Pricks with my friend, Ronnie Karam from watch what crappens where we would just, you know, shit on the bachelor basically and make fun of it. We were the, a non earnest podcast about the bachelor. So if you love these people and you're really hoping they're going to fall in love, don't listen to our show, but yeah. And then my host right now is Angel Akita Moore who is really funny. And she also talks about uh, Married at First Sight, which leads me to say that I'm going to have you on for next week's show talking about these ridiculous people on Married at First Sight. Aren't they so good? Married at First Sight is one of my favorite. Oh my God. It's, it's just, it's epic. It's that. And I'm a huge 90 Day Fiance fan. And you don't, did you ever get into any TLC? I'm a huge TLC show fan. Um, Did you ever get into any of those shows? 
Um, I'm not sure. Well, wait, is 90 Day Fiance's TLC, right? Yeah, 90 Day Fiance yeah, is so TLC. I watch 90, yeah, so I'm, I just, you know what I just watched an entire season of? 90 Day Fiance Before the 90 Days, season one. Oh my God. Okay. I was going to ask you if you're watching the current, the current season is so good, but, uh, but the married at first sight, um, 90 day fiance bachelor bachelor. I mean, the shows are genius. I mean, and actually I have to say love is, I, I like love is blind, but I sort of can't take on another show. Um, but also oh, you haven't seen the latest season of love is blind. Yeah, I, I've seen a little of it. You know, I watch like okay. I, I don't watch as religiously as some of the other ones. You know what I mean? Like some of the others, like I, you know. 90 day fiance before the 90 days like I watch every you know every minute right but see now I feel I feel very hmm, intimidated by 90 day fiance because I've I watched a couple seasons at the very beginning but I feel like they come too fast and furious quick pause to thank some of our sponsors do you hear that? That is the sound of the brand new and delicious You Natural Conception for her in their juicy strawberry gummy flavored. Ah! Oh my, this is now my favorite thing to take. It's a fertility aid. If you haven't heard about them, they are unbelievable with thousands of five-star reviews on Amazon. Go and read them for yourself. And they're famous for their Conception for Her and Conception for Him formula, which Schman, my hubby, has been taking for over a month because it takes two to tango. Conception for her fertility aid is a well-researched baby. They have ingredients like ashkawanda, zinc, magnesium that can help you on that journey to have a healthy baby. So what are you waiting for? Go and order now. You're going to love it and I want to hear from you. Check out You Natural on Amazon and use code FRASER20 for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle. That's EU Natural on Amazon or follow the link on our website for 20% off Conception for Her, Conception for Him, and the Conception Bundle with the promo code Fraser 20. That's F R A S E R. The number's two zero. How ironic. I love this. Got a new podcast for you to listen to. Yes, I do. It's the Dr. John Delani show. Schman and I were actually playing a clip from Dr. John's podcast because he was doing the topic of our youth travel sports ruining families. Well, Dr. John Delani has over 20 years of sitting with families and dealing with hurting people and mental health issues. He has a PhD in counseling. Delani walks alongside real people as they navigate tough decisions. And this is actually something that I really enjoy about his show. It's caller driven. I feel like I'm going to have to get a collar-driven show, Dr. John. I love this. Anyway, listen to the Dr. John Delani Show wherever you get your podcasts, or you can follow the link in the description of this podcast episode. I always make it very, very easy to find my sponsors and people that I partner with. So start downloading and listening today to the Dr. John Delani Podcast. Enjoy. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it up into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. Want your life back? Order Hungry Root. It's actually as simple as that. Truly, Hungry Root is the best meal kit service I have ever worked with because they have meals that take 12 
minutes. Guys, if you are a busy mom like I am, KJ now just started swim lessons. And on the night that he has swim lessons, we're not home until six. I'm trying to make dinner, trying to get him rested and down for bedtime. When I see that number 12, and I know in 12 minutes I can have a healthy meal, I'm turned on. All right. You will be too. Hungry Roots website, so easy to use as well. You just go, you can type in a type of cuisine or if you like chicken, or you can do preset where you tell them you're vegetarian, keto, or you're a meat lover. Right now, get 40% off. My listeners are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS and get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Don't forget to use my link so they know who sent you and get 40% off right now and free veggies for life. Guys, you know the best way to support this show, to support me since it's my full-time gig, is to frequent our sponsors, which is what I absolutely love about you guys because you've been amazing in supporting them. Anytime you download an app, anytime you purchase from one of our sponsors, please let me know. I would love it. I hear from a lot of you with Dr. Will and Horizon Fibroids, um, but let me know when you download the ZocDoc app. I love ZocDoc. Quality doctors, that is what they're all about. No one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you, and no one's better at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said, enough. Now you can book a doctor pain-free easily. Many times when you download ZocDoc, which the app is totally free to download, ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, who take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Some appointments are available as soon as today, which is, it's crazy right now trying to get a doctor post-pandemic. Go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and then whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're booked. Find the doctor that's right for you, book an appointment, um, and of course, make sure that they are compliant with your insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com slash TSFS, download the ZocDoc app for free, and then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. I am now using ZocDoc out here in Los Angeles. I just found a pediatric dentist because I had no idea that KJ needed to go to the dentist by the time he's a year old. And, oh, hello, he's turning a year old this weekend. All by using ZocDoc. So just go to ZocDoc. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash T-S-F-S. ZocDoc dot com slash T-S-F-S. Many are available within 24 hours. HelloFresh. HelloFresh.com slash T-S-F-S 16. Use my code for up to 16 free meals. Schman and I had HelloFresh over the weekend with my brother-in-law, Mike. We had the cheesy bean tacos. They were delicious. I love HelloFresh. You can pick from a variety of different meals, and if you get bored, you can switch it up at any time. Same with delivery. You can skip it a week at any time. No more going. I used to spend hundreds of dollars every week buying food, and then I'd end up eating out with friends, or I didn't finish it, and I always felt guilty. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and it's because they make life so easy. It's for two people, four people, six people. You set how many people you want to feed, and boom. HelloFresh.com slash TSFS16. Use my code for up to 16 free meals. And Nutrafol, I got my... They're not really shaking. Okay. My adorable pills. I have multiple boxes of them. Nutrafol is uh, doctor recommended. Number one supplement for hair growth, a thinning hair. And of course, um, for women, especially thinning hair is such a challenge or hair that doesn't grow. Well, with Nutrafol, you don't have to worry about it anymore. This supplement will help you grow your hair. I just started because I was telling you guys, 
my hair it's grown thicker like it's this massive nest uh but it hasn't grown longer it's kind of growing in the wrong direction 80 million men and women in the u.s experience thinning hair yet it's still not openly talked about well Nutrafol is helping to get rid of that. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support The Sarah Fraser Show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering my promo code TSFS to save $15 off your first month subscriptions. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to my U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com and use promo code TSFS. I love them. You guys, um, try it. Nutrafol is trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. Okay, so you have to take it for a little while. Take it and I want to know your feedback on this because it's the first time ever working with like a hair pill uh, brand and I'm trying it too. I'm hoping it just doesn't make my hair just... probably thicker and not longer. Anyway, Nutrafol.com slash TSFS or promo code TSFS, I should say. And then I feel like I've missed too much. Like then there's going to be these huge gaps in knowledge, right? It's it's sort of like The Bachelor. If you're not in The Bachelor universe, yeah, it's hard to start now because there's so much recycled you know, storylines and people. And then like when you watch Bachelor in Paradise, you're not going to know who any of these people are. And, you know what I mean? Okay, so it's funny because during the pandemic was the first time that I watched The Bachelor, like with Matt James. That was like the first season, right? I got in, which I think was such a, in a way, a bad move because obviously it was the season Chris Harrison was was fired. You know, um, it was like so much controversy, right? And and since okay, since the Matt James season though, they've brought the show back, right, with new hosts, or it's or it's not done its hiatus yet so no okay so they had Tasha and caitlin who were two prior bachelorettes so they hosted were they there for matt james this season yeah, yeah they, so. they were there for matt james and then they did two bachelorette seasons back to back then they i think they got sort of unceremoniously fired oh really they, well they didn't bring them back Neither one of them. And then they hired Jesse Palmer, who basically looks a lot like Clayton. Jesse Palmer is like a f- ex-football player who also was the host of the, not the host, he was The Bachelor, but like years ago. Yes. And the funny thing about that is that, you know, they bring him in and they have him kind of go like, yeah, you know, what's up, brother? Like, I totally get it. You know, I've been there. I, I've been through this process. You know, they use words like process all the time. But the thing that's so funny is like, yeah. And then and then um, Clayton goes, but did you meet your person? Like, is your wife? Like, did you meet her on The Bachelor? And he's like, oh, no. I met her somewhere else. But I mean, I'm just saying I've done the process. I've been The Bachelor. It's like, because because almost no of the none of those couples worked out. I know uh, I, hardly any of them do, and it's same with Married at First Sight, right? I feel like I looked. I mean, isn't it only like ten percent, twenty percent actually like work out long term? I think it's the same. And I mean, it's the yeah. same with ninety day ninety day fiance is the exact same thing too. Like they very rarely you know work, and then of course if they do, they give them all kinds of spinoffs because it's just like a miracle that they've <laughs> they, these two people right. still like each other. And if you think about it. It's kind of interesting because it's isn't it funny that there's about the same rate for couples like on 90 Day Fiance, they they know each other, they've met, they picked their own spouse, but married at first sight, they're marrying a total stranger, and yet the workout rate is the same. Yeah. 
Great point. Great. I never even thought about it that way. And I have yeah. to imagine Love is Blind is the same. I mean, I, I'm trying to think from season one. I think, what, two couples are still together? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Cameron and... um. And Lauren. Yep, Lauren. And then, um, oh my God, I've had the other two on my show. They were hysterical. Amber Amber and and Barnett. Yes, yes. They've been on the pod. They're amazing. But they're the only two, I think. Yeah, yes. And then from the new season, the ones, did you, so you watched season two. Yeah, but I didn't, I haven't, I mean, you can go ahead and spoil it, but I have, because I didn't watch it all the way till the end. I just watched the first couple of episodes when they were all like, you know, starting. So I haven't seen the ending. Well, you know, the funny thing is that you could you could say like, oh, they cast these people for drama, but really they, they, they pick each other. I mean, they have a lot of people to choose from. And, you know, you see that's I mean, yes, a lot of these people are drama and maybe should have been vetted a little better. Some of them have anger issues, you know. Yeah. But like but the ones that are drawn to each other seem to be. The draw, the ones that don't work out because there's so much drama. Hey, they choose each other. Yeah, they do. That's the thing. They're picking each other. They do. Seems like there were nicer people to choose from, but they went for the drama. So, like, hey, that's on them. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. I mean, all these years of doing Bachelor, Bachelor, have you heard? I mean, what is Chris Harrison doing, or is he just sort of enjoying his retirement? Have we heard anything about? What he's I up have to? no idea, but okay. you know he's married to what's her name, Lauren Zima, and wasn't right, she on the Bachelorette or Bachelor? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, was she? Right. She's like an entertainment reporter. Is she? No, I don't think she was ever on the Bachelor. But it's just, it's just. I mean, he's, you know, I'm sure he's maybe not happy. He's got to be kind of bitter, right? Oh, I, I would. I mean. Uh, that was the guy's only gig, right? And I mean, he was, from what I'd read and heard, and of course, like the last season seeing it, like he was, people loved him, you know, he excelled at his job, you know? And so I I have to imagine, you're right. Like, well, it, his only job was basically, you know, coming out from his dressing room, once a show to go, ladies, Matt, this is the final rose. <laughs> That's all he had to do. That's not hard. So, yes, I'm sure he loved that gig. He could do like 45 other jobs if he wanted to, you know. But did you watch the the interview with Rachel Lindsay on the on entertainment? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah. I mean, that was insane. Like he, he was out of his mind. That is just such privilege. Talking when he was like when she said, you know, it was a bad look. And then he says, but was it Rachel? Was it in, in 2021 or was it just a bad look in, you know, 2019? It was only like two years before that this girl had done the plantation, you know, all the posing. I mean, he shouldn't be. I know. He shouldn't be challenging a black woman on what is racism. That's the thing. Like he made a very big error and I I think he got what was coming to him. You do? You're, I do. You're, I mean, I, you know, I, I honestly don't know a lot about him. So I, I did watch that interview for sure. And it was like, you know, I think I heard a lot of commentators say, I mean, he really didn't have a lot, to your point, he didn't say a lot, but then he sort of like came alive in that interview, which was like a really bad time to like let it right. all out. So, um, That's yeah. what I mean, made him so mad. He got so triggered by like Rachel just saying it might not have been, you know, he was so defensive of her that there were so many other ways to handle it 
than to like come at Rachel. Yeah, I, I agree. It became personal about Rachel, I think, which was um, unfortunate for him, right? And it, if he had just kind of kept it general, then I think it would have been a whole different, you know, outcome for him. But obviously it wasn't. So, you know, there it was. Um, I'm curious, how did you know, you've been podcasting a long time. How did mm -hmm. you know, did you have an instinct? How did you know podcasting was going to be huge? Well, okay. <laughs> I always wanted to be in radio and I couldn't break in. Really? That was my dream job. My dream job was to be a DJ. I loved DJs like from way like from high school. I would love to call into radio stations. I thought being a DJ was the coolest job ever. And then as I got older, I thought being like a talk show host on a radio was so cool because you could just talk about whatever you want. Like, how great is that? And no pressure of being on TV. I don't, I don't feel like I want to have to be dieting and getting Botox for the rest of my life, which I do anyway, listen, but whatever. Um, yeah, we all so, do, right? So I, I was a guest on a podcast many years ago on Lynette, my, my co-host on For Crying Out Loud. She started a podcast because her husband, her ex-husband, Adam Carolla, has a podcast, right? And he was a pioneer in podcasting. Oh my God. So he had a podcast and then he let his wife have a podcast. So she started one about being like a new mom. And then I was asked to be a guest on the show. And to be honest, I was like, what's a podcast? I don't even get this. But when I went in there to, I sat in the studio, I put the headphones on. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it feels a lot like radio and I'm in. So then I was wait, I just waited it out. Um, Lynette had like a couple different hosts and then I sent her a tweet. I was like, I'd love to, you know, if anything ever happens, be ashamed if wow. something happens to your co-host. But if that happens, <laughs> I'm available. I love it. I love it. Yes. And then her, her, her next co-host left and then she and I went to lunch and then she, she hired me and I did it. I mean, listen, I did it for free for a wow. long time just mm -hmm. because I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it could lead to something. And then it started taking off and it, it, it's like a obviously huge now. And I'm also just a fan of podcasts now. So that's why I started doing more of them because what a great way to earn a living, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it's amazing. Like I did morning radio for years and I used to believe my life would always, I thought to myself, God, can I get up at three 30 in the morning for the rest of my life to be on a, you know, at the time we had a five 30 AM start time for the morning show. And I was like, I, I, you know, you had no life. I had no life. You couldn't, you went to bed at seven o'clock. I mean, there were some amazing, great things about the job, but a lot, you spent a lot of your time being exhausted and missing out like in my 20s like I never went out like I never I mean that was my radio life at the time how did you get that job so I you know I just moved to DC after college and I would just go to every radio station I'd be like I want to work here how do I get a job you know and of course most of them were like we're not hiring or laughed or whatever but one station was like okay we'll put you on the promotions team and I would just go to all the jocks you know how do I make a tape how do I get started and you know everybody had different tips and tricks and um I would just was like available all the time would show up early would stay late and you know I mean you hang out with at a radio station for long enough but I mean oh my god made no money I think it was $12 an hour maybe and that was like huge because it was more than minimum wage but still when you think of 12 bucks an hour so uh, eventually like the morning show went on vacation 
the PD came in. He's like, hey, can you co-host with the guy? He needs somebody to read news. So he said to me afterwards, he goes, I have good news and bad news for you. He said, the good news is I think you're going to have a radio career. The bad news is you're fired today because the radio station is going under. (laughs) Oh, my God. Stephanie, I've been fired from almost every radio job. I think I've been fired from four radio jobs out of the five I've had. Wow. And so I don't know. I just like from there, I got a job doing WTOP, which was the the news like um, affiliate there, overnight traffic reports. And some guys that were on a classic rock station heard me. They were like, come on in and audition. I was with them for a year, but our boss was having sex with one of the salespeople and he was (sighs) married to the midday girl. So she like blew his shit up on air. He was canned. We were canned. (laughs) We were canned. And... I had a girlfriend, you talk about knowing people. I had a girlfriend that worked at iHeartRadio and she's like, there's this new guy in DC. He's a syndicated morning show named Kane. You need to audition with him. So I said to my girlfriend, I'm going to take you out to lunch. I'm going to sit outside of the program director's office until he comes back and I'm just going to introduce myself. And I did. And Jeff Capucci gave me an audition and then I was there for seven years. And wow. And the morning show was number one and we were syndicated on Sirius XM and in Tampa and all these other places. So it was, it was awesome. But I, I knew I didn't know. You're a hustler. Oh yeah. You're scrappy. I love what what you do. Yeah. I mean, you are like just looking at all the stuff you've done and, and I love, are you going to go back to, or was it recent? I think you were offering kind of like some courses or like just how to like basically make money in the digital age. And I was like, I need to sign up. (laughs) So, well, so I teach memoir writing because I've written several memoirs and I teach to women. I teach like small groups of women virtually on zoom, how to write a memoir, how to write about yourself. And then from that, I have had partners. I have um, like my editor from Simon and Schuster and I do different like workshops I did one on podcasting. I did one on like um, pitching to magazines, pitching articles. So yeah, that's like another sort of side hustle. I'm, I look, I'm the same way. I love, I just, I love hustling. I can't sit still. And I, there's just so many things I want to do. And to your point, it's who, you know, and the timing and the right place. And that's what I feel. I felt this way when I moved to DC, like 15 years ago. And I feel this way about Los Angeles is just like, there's so much opportunity. Well, that's how I feel about it. I feel like there are so many people here. There's so much, um, there's like nightlife. Like I got asked to do somebody's storytelling show that I'm going to do in May. But then the guy was like, well, come see it in April. And I'm like, all right, I'll drive to Hollywood and go watch a storytelling. Like I love all different types of things, but I was going to tell you that I did do stand up for many years. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. And I just don't, I was every single time I was going to do a gig. I had that feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, what am I doing? Why did I say yes to this? Why did um, I, why did I agree to do this gig every time? And then I would feel so relieved when it was done that I just got through it. And at some point I was like writing on a show and that was so fun for me. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I doing a thing that I don't, re- that I don't enjoy doing? Like, regardless of if I'm good at it or not, I don't, you know. I was like, why am I, there's so many other things I could be doing. So I just said, I'm not doing it anymore. And it was liberating. Oh, I love that. And, and I love that. 
That's so great. And I think that's so important for people listening to hear because so many people have visions, right, of them doing a job or they start a job and then they hate going every day. And it's like life is too short to do that. You know, I'm a huge proponent of quitting things, you know, of not sticking. Don't stick with it. Why? Like (laughs) people spend years sticking with something. And we I think we put way too much value on follow through, you know. I think that having sort of motivation to like find the things that you want to do is such a better quality. Like the fact that you were like, hey, here's this thing I want to do. I want to do radio. Okay, what do I have to do to make this happen, make this dream happen? You know, and then you go in there and you show initiative and you're like a, you know, I think getting started is so much better than finishing. I know. (laughs) By the time I left, because I did, you know, I I left in 2013 and then um, I had my own morning show, the Sarah Ty and Mel show. But by the time I left, and this kind of goes back to how we knew podcasts were going to be big, but I would go out and women would say, I would be like, what do you listen to? And they're like, oh, I listen to this NPR podcast. And I thought, this really is the kiss of death to radio. And I thought, you know, if people are watching television on demand, they're going to listen to content radio on demand they're not gonna they don't care that you're there at 5 30 in the fucking morning they want to listen when they get up not so 100 percent. that was very liberating i'd had it with radio and and i'll tell you podcasting is it like it looked like all the jocks came and decided what they wanted to to talk about but towards the end i mean every day you'd have a program director you can't say this you can't do that you can't do that it's just like oh my god and i mean even in 2013 when i left i had a program director at iHeartRadio tell me you know because i said i want my own show and she said women are never going to listen to women on the radio they're not you always have to have a male co-host you have to you know they're never and i thought I love seeing all these women have top podcasts because radio executives would never, rarely let a woman ever lead her own show. Didn't matter what city, where you were, who you were. I mean, I think there's been a a small handful that have ever led morning shows. So I I find podcasting so exciting and, and, you know, I love where it's headed. I remember when I first started with Lynette, um, Real quick, I know we have to we have to wrap I know, this. I know, when I first started with, when I first started with Lynette, we had a a a producer, and she would try to tell us like she would try to tell Lynette, don't talk about having a nanny, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. That's not going to make you relatable. And we got rid of her, and we started just we were like we just want to do what we want to do, and that's when the show started growing. Like we're just going to mm-hmm. keep it real and talk about our lives, and if people want to listen, they'll listen. If they don't, they don't, and they did. I think it's so much better to just do whatever you want to do. Okay. The moral of this episode today with Stephanie Wilder Taylor is you can always quit and you need to listen to her three podcasts, <laughs> which are amazing. Okay. I'm obsessed. Thank you for taking the time. I I can't wait to meet you in person. Everyone needs to listen to your show. As I shows, as I've said, Rose Pricks is one of my favorites, Bored AF for crying out loud. Um, and and everybody else? listen to Rose Pricks next week because Sarah is going to be on my show. We're going to talk can't. Married at First Sight. I can't wait. All right. Anything else you're promoting? Or anywhere you want people to find you, follow you. I don't think so. They can go to my website, which is basically stephaniewildertaylor.com, Stephanie with an F, and they can look if they want to learn more about the classes or I don't know, whatever. All of it there. It's all there. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. 